Last week, I started talking about something I tied to building materials. Okay, so we, we've started today's teaching. So I gave you that title because I, I showed you from the scriptures that God intended life in such a way that uh, maybe before, before we, we begin with a recap of last week, first of all, you must make up your mind that every service is going to be your service. That's something I told you. You must make up your mind that every service is going to be a service. You understand, eh? And also, you must have the right attitude when coming to the house of the Lord and listening to a word being taught. In the sense that, you see, church is not just a place where you feel encouraged. If church just encourages you, then you've not started going to church. You may be physically there, but your spirit is absent. So church is not just a place where you get encouraged. Church is a place where you get built up, where you get edified. And that's why when you pay close attention to the word of God being taught, something takes place on the inside. You get built on the inside. Are we together? School builds your intellectual capacity. When you go to the gym and other things, they build your physical uh, muscles, right? Yeah, and they keep you fit a certain way. Now, when it comes to your spirit man, your inner man, the only thing that builds it up is the word of God. There is no other building material for your inner man than the word of God. And there is no substitute for it. That's the beauty about it. When you talk about the gym, maybe there could be other substitutes for certain things. There's not more than one way of doing things. But when it comes to your spiritual growth, there's only one way. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. There's only one way you grow, and that's through the scriptures. That's through the teaching of the word of God. And that's why when you are in a place where you're consistently taught, you are assured that you'll consistently grow. Are we together? Yeah. You are assured that you will consistently grow. And that's why you must pay very close attention to how you are growing. Do you actually have a plan for your growth as a believer? I believe we're all believers here, right? <laughs> I don't like assuming. <laughs> I believe we all, we're all believers here. So now, there is no way of growing as a believer outside the word of God. And that's why the biggest thing Satan does is to keep you away from the, from the word. He will keep you away from the word. Because he knows once you, once you get in the word of God and the word of God is having impact on your spirit, your life entirely will never be the same. Never. Praise the Lord. So last week I talked about uh, the first... I talked about building materials. And one of the things I want, the, the major thing I mentioned is the fact that God gave us the ability to speak and words generally to create our world. You will notice that in Genesis chapter number one, God created the whole universe through words. He spoke and whatever he spoke came to being. 
You understand, right? You will get to notice also that in Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 3, the Bible says, by faith, the world were framed by the word of God. In other words, there was a framing of the whole world and it took place by the word. And what I, what I mention also is the fact that God has given us his word to use in order for us to build. So we don't just speak our own words, we speak his word. Because when you use your own words, you are building according to your capacity. But when you use his word, you are building according to his capacity. Are you listening? When you use the word of God, your words alone can actually fail. His word can't fail. And you know one thing I've realized about, about people is that one of the most challenging things for people is to keep their word. You told someone you love them forever. Are you? <laughs> you can't keep it. The moment someone just upset you, the forever, just that word, you just ah, forever with who? <laughs> so people generally have a problem with keeping their words. That means man's word cannot be relied on entirely. It means there are circumstances that can actually happen that can cause you not to keep your word, no matter how faithful you are. Are you listening? There are certain people who could, for, I'll give you an example. Uh, we have people who have lost their parents before. Now, maybe their parents told them that they would take care of them until they're old. You see, they couldn't keep their word because they obviously, due to death, they couldn't be there. So certain things happen in such a way that they can't keep their word. You get the point, right? So generally, when you rely a man's word and you decide to bet your whole life on it, chances are that you actually crumble one day. But then God is not a man that he should lie. But then God also does not change. That means the same way God was in the days of Moses, the same way he is today. The world could have changed, God hasn't. Even his methods have not changed. His word is as powerful today as it was in the mouth of Paul. It's still as powerful. Don't think technology has reduced the power, how powerful the word of God is. No, it hasn't. It's men who've not learned to grasp revelation. You didn't understand that. <laughs> there are certain revelation God gives that will enable a person live an extraordinary life. There are certain revelations that God will give that will enable you to live a life that's separate from the rest. Jesus lived a consecrated word because he was the word itself. He had to be separated because the word can mingle with the world. It's not possible. The moment you place the word of God in the world, there is a change. And that's why when the word of God was planted, and, something, and there's something about the word. The word of God is a seed. Are you listening? The word of God is a seed. And what happens when you bury a seed? What do you think happened when Jesus was buried? Because his word is actually a seed. 
and he called himself the word of God. So Satan thought he buried a seed and was excited that he died. Not knowing that the death of a seed is what brings about many. <laughs> For a seed to produce its kind, it has to die first. Are you listening? So words, you create your world through words. And the Bible says something. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means what you create is a result of what's abundant in you. Are you listening? What you create, what you speak is a result of what's abundant in you. So it means if you're going to create according to what God intends for your life, according to the word of God, the word of God has to be abundant in your heart. You can't know philosophy more than you know the word of God. Even if you are studying it at school, you have to know the word of God even more. Because these things will confuse you. <laughs> you can analyze economics, but you can't analyze the times we're in in the body of Christ. It means you're, you're not up to date with the scriptures. <laughs> You have to be up to date with prophecy. You have to be. Mm. Are we together? So, the word of God has to dwell in you abundantly. He said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Richly. So, how abundant is the word of God actually in your spirit? How heavy is the word of God in your spirit? And when it's abundant in your spirit, says the mouth will speak. In other words, you won't have to try to speak. Once, see, when the, when the clouds are full of rain, the Bible says they empty themselves. So you have to get soaked in the word of God. You have to, you, 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 you have to drench yourself in the word of God. You have to, you, you have to allow the word of God to, to be in you mightily. Praise God. Yeah, so be, be a student of the Word of God. Every week, study the Bible. Every day, not even every week, every day, study the Bible. Be in meetings where you're being taught the Word of God. Very, very important. Because if you're not taught by the Word, you'll be taught by everyone else and everything else. And that's just how the world works. And can I tell you something? The world actually has invested heavily in teaching people. Heavily in teaching people. The movie industry is sponsoring billions are sponsoring people how to behave. Most of you learned even how to have relationships from movies. I'm not even lying. You learned how to, you even know this is how love is. Because the scriptures have not even guided you. If we were to sit down and ask one of you, what, let's define romance. You just hear things you've seen in movies. That's your definition. It means you've been programmed. Alright, you've been programmed. You've been programmed. The way people talk, you can tell these ones. We can tell who you listen to by how you talk. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Your favorite rappers. And <laughs> so it means the world is investing. I mean, and people are sponsoring this, they're, they're investing billions of dollars in these industries 
just so they can teach humanity how to live. Children are being trained by cartoons. And some cartoons are not even for children. <laughs> they are not even innocent at all. They are for adults. But then there's someone who decides to part away with a hundred thousand dollars and decide, look, I'm going to sponsor that movie so that it goes out. But I won't get into some of these things. <laughs> you end up injuring people's favorite movies. <laughs> Praise God. So words. We have to create our world through words. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The second thing we'll look at is something called thoughts or imagination. Thoughts or imagination. Because remember, you can create through words, but you can also create through thoughts or imagination. It's a tool, it's a building material that God gave people. All right? People have been given the ability. Everyone here can imagine. If I tell you to imagine something, you will imagine with ease. Some people imagine more than others. You daydream. A <laughs> lot. You understand, right? It's an ability God has given people, but then most people don't know how to utilize it. So as much as you can use words, you can also use your thoughts. And you see, it's something that even the world is starting to understand. They are teaching it in these motivational talks. You have to learn to actually control your thought pattern. You have to learn how to control your mind. Very key, because your mind is actually the door between the soul and your spirit. Before something enters your spirit, it has to go through the mind first. Hmm. It has to go through the mind first. And that is why when you started speaking in tongues at first, because your mind didn't get it, your spirit couldn't even profit much. That's why you couldn't even speak consistently, because your mind, your mind was blocking it. But then, when your mind adjusted... Your spirit now began to even take over even your own minds. You understand? So you have to learn to control your thought. Your thought your, your, you can't think about everything and anything. You are alone thinking about nothing. You even need your alone time to think about nothing. If you ask what I think about nothing. It means you are abusing God's resources. You are abusing materials. God gave man the ability to think or imagine as a tool to create, not as a tool to sin. Jesus says something very interesting, and it's a principle. I've taught this before. Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery. Remember that scripture, right? He was trying to teach you that in God's mind, if you imagine it is done, it's a principle God was trying to teach there. It wasn't just about the adultery. It means as long as you can see it in your imagination, you've done it already in God's mind. That's a very powerful principle. So imagine if in God's mind something is done because you've imagined it. How much more when you begin to, when you begin to imagine doing God's work? When you begin to set your mind on the things God wants you to set your mind on. When your mind begins to zero in on God's purpose and God's plan for your life. 
When your mind can't go away from what God has said. Say after me, saying, I have a powerful mind. I have a powerful mind. Say it, say it on your own now. Say, I have a powerful mind. I have a powerful mind. Say it like you mean it, saying, I have a powerful mind. I have a powerful mind. Yes. No person was created with a dull mind. No, it's not possible. Especially when you're in Christ. We can have differences in comprehending academics, but your, your, your mind can grasp certain things. Have you realized that everything you've ever done started in your mind? No, everything you've ever done started in your mind. Yes. If you like a certain damsel, you think about it first. (laughs) You think about how to approach it. Like, how am I going to go about it? (laughs) You understand, right? Yeah. So many things will go through your mind. Even when you are confused about someone. <laughs> your mind has to be flooded. <laughs> Am I talking to someone? <laughs> 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 I agree. Yeah. <laughs> he thought about getting engaged and he did it. <laughs> it starts in your mind firstly. It starts there. You get it, right? Yes, Pastor. Yeah. There is something that the Bible tells us um, in the book of um, 2 Corinthians, chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 10, verse 3 to 5. The Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we live, all right? We are in the body. So talking about the flesh as a nature, talking about the body as, talking about the flesh as a body. Praise God. It says, We do not war according to the flesh. We don't do it according to the flesh. And then it says, for the weapons of our warfare. Hallelujah. For the weapons of our warfare. It says they are not carnal. No, they are not carnal. Says, but, but mighty in God. It says for the pulling down of strongholds. Mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. And then it says, casting down arguments. Ha. And every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God. And it says in bringing every thought. Have you seen that? It says bringing every thought, every thought. Bringing it into captivity. In other words, arresting every thought. And bringing it to the obedience of Christ. What that means is every thought that comes to your mind, you take it into prison. You arrest it and decide you you are going to be captive only to the obedience of Christ. I am not going to think about anything outside the obedience of Christ. You've subjected your mind so much that your mind can't go anywhere else. Bringing every thought. That means you can't allow every thought to just cross your mind unnecessarily. No, you can't. No, me, I just think about this. No, you just can't think about those things. You have to allow your mind to actually be brought. It, you, you have to allow it just to be subjected. Why are you imagining useless things? When God gave you a mind, you see, do you know the beauty about, about how the Lord works? Before, when you read Genesis chapter number one, you will notice something. God spoke the word into existence. 
right? Says, let there be light. Listen, he spoke about all these things. And the Bible says when he was done creating, he saw that everything he did was good. Now, the Bible in Genesis chapter number two, we get notice that nothing had grown on the earth and because there was no man to till the ground. Now, think about it. What did God see that he said was good if there's nothing grew? What was God seeing? It was a concept. Hmm. It was a concept. God was seeing what he spoke. And words were aligning. His mind had to align what his words were saying. And in that moment, Genesis chapter number two, when you read it, the Bible now because everything now began to grow. People think when God created the trees, let there be trees, trees just boom, boom, they're out. The Bible didn't say that. No, they had to grow from scratch. But the Bible says he was done creating Genesis chapter number one. And they said, you look, maybe let, let me show you. <laughs> Genesis chapter number one. Okay. Genesis chapter number one, then we'll go to the last verse. That's verse 31, right? Genesis chapter number one. So God created everything, right? Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Verse 31. One, two, three, go. And God saw everything that he had made. Mm-hmm. And he made the So have you noticed? God saw everything he had made, right? Everything he had made, right? Now when you go to Genesis chapter number two, let's switch. Genesis chapter number two. Verse 4 to 5. Genesis chapter number 2. Verse 4 to 5. Now, this shows us a, a history of what, how it happened. Genesis chapter number 2, verse 4 to 5. Let's, let's go. 1, 2, 3, go. Uh-huh. 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 Verse 5. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? Nothing had grown because there was no man to the... In other words, God created the whole world and decided man was the one who was going to cause it to grow. Man was going to simply act on his word. God had already spoken. The words were already lingering in the atmosphere. All that man had to do was simply labor with, with, with the word. When God spoke fruitfulness into the land, see, man didn't have to labor, to, into labor, to, to, to labor, to labor much. Everything was already aligned. How together? So in other words, what man was doing was simply agreeing what God had said. And that's what man is still doing even in this day. That's why you have to use your mind to actually see the things God wants you to see. Don't imagine vain things. Don't imagine useless things. Imagine the things God wants you to imagine. Capture society by your thoughts. Capture institutions by your thoughts. Capture a whole industry by your thoughts. Create things by your thoughts. Because that's how God did it. The same thing happened even in Genesis, Genesis 11. I've taught this before. Let, but let's go for this for, the, for, for, for those who've not been here before. Genesis again, chapter number 11. Hmm. 
Ah, how together? How together? The story of the Tower of Babel, where they decided that they were going to build a tower that was going to reach the heavens. Remember that, right? <laughs> Beautiful. Let's read verse 4 again, and let's, let's see what the Bible is trying to show us here. Verse 4, let's go. One, two, three, go. Let's go. So they wanted to build uh, themselves a city, right? And the tower whose, whose top is in the heavens. Have you seen that, right? So the Bible says. Now, when you go to verse 5, all right? It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Had they built it? No. No, read it again. Let's see what verse 5 says. It says, but the Lord came down. Hmm. It was simply a concept, but God saw a building already. Says, but the Lord came down to see the city. They saw a city. God saw a city. <laughs> and the tower, it says, the tower which the Sandman had built, not will build, had built. <laughs> and God decided to just change the language. <laughs> Do you know why? Because nothing would have stopped them. They imagined it, therefore they could create it. There was no stopping them. God had to bring confusion in their camp. <laughs> because there was no stopping them. What have you imagined? No, what have you, what have you used your mind to create? These guys created a city that God had seen. And you know, you know, you know the beauty about it? If you can see it, God already sees that you've done it. That's where faith comes in. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's why faith comes in. If you can see it in your mind, then it is done. If you can, as if your mind can, you, see, you must focus your, your mind so much that you're seeing nothing else. Your mind can't capture anything else. That's why no believer should ever think lack. No, 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 no. What are you creating with your mind? No believer should ever think defeat. What are you, what are you creating with your mind when you think in that line? Are you listening? Use your mind correctly. No, use your imagination correctly. <laughs> no, you just can't imagine useless things. There are people who, they, they even imagine themselves repeating a course. He a exam. They're already sitting on their bed. That's, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't think in that line. No, sir. I can't imagine myself in, the, in, the, in that manner. No. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Do you know that even, let's say, when Satan wants to bring certain things to your life, like, let's say, depression, it's your mind he captures. Oh, yes. He can't do it without your mind. Otherwise, if your mind is resistant, depression can, 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 can come near you. So it means you have, to, you have to accommodate it in your mind. You have to accommodate the thought first. It starts, you see, there's no one who just entered into depression just abrupt, boom. It starts gradually. It's a, it's a small thought that build up. Before you know it, they've built a big thing. And now it's hard to come out. 
You can't help it by thinking in a certain way. That's why, it's, it's, that's why the Bible talks about strongholds. Yes. Strongholds refers to thought patterns mm. that you've built, a system you've built up in your mind. It's a thought pattern you've created. And the Bible says those start, they must be brought down. There are people, even in church, when I'm talking about spiritual growth, they switch off. It's not for them. <laughs> Satan has already convinced them. <laughs> when they hear people speaking in tongues, ah, this, this is not for me. <laughs> tongues are not for them. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we have to sit, sit you down and teach you from the, from the word of God, bringing down those, 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 those strongholds Satan has built, trying to rob you of the benefits, the glory, the beauties of Christ. <laughs> Uno, what have you embraced in your mind that is not from God? Ask yourself that question. What thought pattern have you embraced in your mind that is not from God? You are in school. You are already complaining about unemployment in society. You are, you are in school. You are already imagining because you are seeing other people struggling out there. Who says that's your lot? Mm. No, it's, it's not everyone who struggles. Last week I even mentioned it. The economy isn't hitting everyone's home. <laughs> I mentioned it last week. You can be thinking everyone is suffering in this economy. Some people are flourishing right in the same economy. Eating bacon and every, every nice thing. Right in the same economy. So why, why would you start imagining certain things? Tell your neighbor, say, a long time is time to create. A long time is time to create. Tell them again. A long time is time to create. Yes, so when you're alone, use your mind to picture certain things. Zero in on the thing God wants you to zero in on. Sitting down and you imagine prosperity. Yes. You imagine success. Yes. You can't imagine failure. No, you, you, you can't imagine anything else outside the will of God. You can't imagine lack. You're not denying that it exists. That's not in your house. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Pastor. Yeah, that's, that's not in your house. Mm -hmm. God doesn't deny that, that death doesn't exist. That's not in his presence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's not in his presence. You can die, but not in his presence. If you want to die, that's not in his presence. <laughs> no, if you want, just go, but just not you can't do it in his presence. Because you're in the presence of life. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you must bring every thought. Okay? Every thought must come to the obedience of Christ. The obedience of Christ. So you must look at, you see, the word of God is the revelation of God's character. It reveals God's nature. It reveals God's thoughts. It reveals God's plans, God's dreams. Mm. You understand, right? Yes, so it means when you, when you begin to get in the word of God and you begin to soak yourself in what the Bible has said, you will notice that certain patterns in the scriptures will get to show you how you should think. All right? There's a way God thinks. There's a way that God talks. You can't talk like God and have doubt. It means the moment you spoke and doubt was in your heart, that's no, you didn't speak like God. 
Because in God there is confidence. No, there is confidence. You have to be confident. Mm. Have you ever met a confident person in life? Eh? Yes. Others more than others. Eh? <laughs> be that one for your dust it. Yes, <laughs> confidence. Yes. You understand, right? You are confident. And you talk like it. Yes, you think like it. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's read some, some scriptures. Are you being blessed? Yes, Pastor. So when you begin to speak, last week I talked about words. Why I'm continuing like this? Because when you begin to speak, you must imagine it being done. When it's time to create in prayer, as you are speaking God's word, you must begin to imagine. That's why when you are praying during intercession and during your private times and you are praying, don't just let your mind be blank. Know what I mean, right? Don't just let your mind be blank. Begin to imagine what you are seeing, what, what, what you are praying about. Understand, right? Visualize this thing that you are praying about. You see, don't let your mind wander. You think about everything, everything. The, 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 the fight your neighbor's heart, you think about everything. Your mind wanders in prayer. You kneel down to pray, your mind just think about everything else. Football, everything. Well, I say no, just heal. <laughs> Just heal. <laughs> We're praying for you. <laughs> but as, you are, as we are doing that, just make sure that you, your mind doesn't wander off in prayer. Yes, Pastor. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your mind shouldn't be wandering in prayer. All of a sudden, prayer, should, prayer time should be the time you have flashbacks about your exams. <laughs> Why didn't you have them when you're having fun? By time to pray, suddenly you remember. <laughs> what I wrote. <laughs> You've already written. <laughs> Let me show you something. Luke chapter number 5, verse 22. Let's read it again. 1, 2, 3, go. Luke 5, 22. But when Jesus received Jesus perceived their what? Their and the Bible says he answered. Yeah. <laughs> what was he answering? Their thoughts. Oh, Jesus still perceives thoughts today. And he answers the thoughts of men. Amen. There are things that you never prayed about, but you thought about it and Jesus answered. Ah, yes. <laughs> there are things you thought about. It came as a thought. And Jesus answered. He perceived their thoughts. He knew what they were thinking about. And he said, look, let me just respond. <laughs> if he could perceive their thoughts, he's perceiving your thoughts even, to, even in this moment. Even in, that's why you can't allow your mind to just be everywhere and, and, and anywhere. No, allow your mind to be in the Word. He said, thou shalt give him perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Whose mind, whose mind, whose mind is stayed on thee. In other words, perfect peace can only happen when your mind is stayed on him, when your thoughts are directed towards him. That's when perfect, see, there's no confusion in your mind. There's no confusion. Perfect peace arrives in your mind. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace that men can have. Peace that you can't get from circumstances or situations. Peace that you only get from God. It, it comes when your mind is stayed on him. When he said, let not your heart be troubled, you, you, for you, you know what it means. It can't be troubled. 
It can't be because your mind is stayed on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So imagine the things that you are praying about, the things you are talking about. As you talk, imagine it. Praise God. As you talk, imagine it. And that's why sometimes when a thought comes to, comes, comes to your mind that is contrary to the word of God, just shout it. No, in the name of Jesus. You rebuke it. Because certain thoughts will come that are inconsistent with the character of God. They will try to come, but you have to reject them. I can't think like this. I reject for this to be my reality. You understand, right? Yes, Pastor. Do you know that your tongue is even more powerful than your thoughts? Your tongue can direct how your life goes to. Your tongue can direct how you think. Your mind can be directed by, you, by, 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 by your tongue. That's why you can, be, you, you can be thinking about something and someone comes to talk to you. You start talking, you forget about what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Your, mind has, your mind has been disrupted by your tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it means if there are contrary thoughts that are, that are against the word of God, just begin to talk. Yes. Talk the word, read and rebuke it. I refuse to have these thoughts in the name of Jesus. My mind is not for these thoughts. I think the thoughts of God. I have the mind of Christ. These thoughts can be on my mind in the name of Jesus. You cancel them by prayer. You cancel them through your words. Praise God. Don't accommodate everything. No, don't accommodate just everything. Someone offended you. On a bus or in city market, you're even upset the whole day. <laughs> the whole day. Because someone told you something. No, Pastor, where they hurt. Why, why are they hating you? Because you're thinking about it. Because you're thinking about it. Pay no, pay no attention to, to words that don't build you or edify you. No, pay no attention. Praise the Lord. Yeah, let's read more scriptures. So create using your thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. (laughs) Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. The Bible says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That simply means no man is greater than his thoughts. No, you can't do bigger than what you can think about. Do you know that anything you achieve by accident, you can't, you can't sustain? If, 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 <laughs> if you achieve something and it shocks you, you can't sustain it. If you got an A+, and it, and it shocked you, <laughs> you are even, when, you, when you open that port and you saw an A, hey, hey, in A. <laughs> You can't repeat it. <laughs> you are amused by it. <laughs> you know your abilities, eh? <laughs> God just seeing you through. Oh, Samisa, just see through. Just, you know. <laughs> Praise God. No, we'll pray for you. <laughs> Believing God for greater things. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. As the man thinks, so is he. Not, not so you will have, so is he. Mm-hmm. 
Are you listening? Yes. So is he. So is he. It means your whole life can be defined by your thought pattern. Yes. Can be defined by the things you've decided to accommodate on your mind. Are we together? Yes. yes. What have you embraced? As a man thinketh. As a man thinketh. Oh, I think goodness and glory. I think the, the goodness of God. Praise God. Yes. I don't think defeat. Praise the Lord. Let's read one more scripture or two more. Then we're done. When you read... Um, when you read Jeremiah chapter number 29, 11, it's a scripture I think we all know. It says, uh, for, uh, for I know the thoughts I have towards you. Right? That means also God has certain thoughts towards you. It means there's a way God think, thinks towards you. And it means your reality ought to be exactly as God has imagined or thought towards you. So it means you have to embrace God's thought. Have you, have you discovered what God thinks about your life? What does God think about individually? Not as the body of Christ. Because it's, 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 it's very simple to imagine that God loves us. But do you, are you convinced that he loves you? Are you convicted in your spirit that God personally loves you? Is that a conviction? There's a way he thinks. There's a pattern that God has. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. And then when you read, um, I want us to pray together using our imagination and words. We're going to have a, a creation session. <laughs> Philippians chapter number 4, verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, if there is any condolence, read it again. Finally, pray. Uh huh. Whatever things are true, yes. Whatever things are good, whatever things are just, uh huh. Whatever things are pure, yes. Whatever things are lovely, yes. Whatever things are good report. Yeah, the KJV says, think on these things, right? Think on these things. So it means the things that should be on your mind are things that are noble, things that are true. Don't, don't fabricate lies in your mind. <laughs> Praise God. It says, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. So don't have ungodly thoughts. Look at your neighbor. Don't have ungodly thoughts. <laughs> Look at them in their eyes. They don't have ungodly thoughts. <laughs> yes. You can't be seeing a wife in every sister you see. <laughs> yes, pastor. Or should I say a, a girlfriend? Since you're not even seeing a wife yet. Yes, pastor. You can't be seeing a girlfriend. This week, someone has bathed nicely. Are you seeing this one? <laughs> Next week, someone else is just very nice. This one. See, some people just be sisters. Yeah. Let it end there. Amen. <laughs> Brothers, are we together? Yes, Brothers, are we together? Yes, Pastor. Yes. 
Even the sisters. Someone saying hi, wedding dress in your mind. You can already see it. Someone just said hi. You've already imagined, you've already picked a venue. <laughs> Pastor is going to bless our marriage. <laughs> no, tell me your thoughts. Control them. A high is just a high. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Until you expressly told something, it's just a high. Someone is just being nice. <laughs> No, we're just talking. You're not talking. <laughs> Until someone says something, you're not doing anything. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Am I talking to someone? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so think on this, so on this thing, what the Bible says. Think on this thing. In other words, the Bible has given us a way to think. Yes, a thought pattern. How together? Yeah. Now, my, my challenge to you, especially as we go this week, I want you to, the Bible says, you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. I want you to visualize yourself laying hands on the sick. And you must see them healed. How together? You must see them healed. I want you to visualize yourself giving a testimony of something. Visual, see yourself testifying. The thing you're praying for, the thing you're believing God for, visualize it. Use your mind and speak God's word towards it. Release the word of God in the atmosphere. You visualize it. If you've been praying for someone to, to be born again, see them saved. Don't just see how troublesome they are. Yeah, pray for them to get born again. The following day, they even come home drunk. You will see, you begin to see them differently. No, I mean, I've been praying, Pastor. I have been praying, Pastor. This is what that's not listen. <laughs> Some of you are the ones don't listen, eh? Some of you are the ones. <laughs> the hand of the Lord will touch you. <laughs> touch your heart. Are we together? Yeah. See yourself as in if you've been having trouble with something. See yourself as in you must. You must, you must see yourself out of the situation. How together? You can't be battling addictions for years. See yourself out of it. No, see yourself out of it. See yourself free. The Bible records um, that, that, that when the children, I think the, 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 the children of Israel were beaten by serpents. You remember that, right? And the Bible records Moses was taught to make uh, a bronze serpent. And the Bible says uh, when they look on it, they were going to be healed. Yes. They had to see it before they could be healed. Mm. Do you know why? The principle is that you have to see the sickness that's on your body. You have to see it on that snake. Mm. If you see it there, then it has taken it away. That's the principle. You see it there. As, that means, even let's say, if there is something that's in, 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 in your body, you've been, you've, you've been sick for many years. Okay, because sometimes you can you, you, you can be prayed for, and, some, and, and, and it looks like something is persisting. Sometimes all you have to do is go in prayer. Imagine Jesus on the cross. Imagine your sickness being laid there. Imagine it being nailed to the cross. You must begin to see it that way. If it persists, you've been nailed to the cross in the name of Jesus. You say before you know it, you walk out of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Don't pay attention to everything and anything. See Jesus. See him. Praise the Lord. Let's be on our feet. Everyone must pray. If you don't know how to pray today, you will learn. Look at your neighbor, tell them you will learn. Yeah. Say next to a deaconess, tell them you will learn still. They will learn how to pray. Hold hands with the person next to you.